the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Guys, welcome back for Working Fans Music Cast, Episode 4. Today, we have a great band coming in. This is Buzzard Canyon. As always, we are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1, written by Vinnie Berry, 35 short stories across the wrestling landscape. Each book comes autographed by one of 11 wrestlers featured in the book. It's available at LanceByChance.com because he also wrote Lance by Chance, Wrestling is Yvonne Eric. Now, I just want to get right to it. We have Aaron and Amber, Matt and Rob from Buzzard Canyon. How's everybody doing today? Excellent. Excellent. This is Tootsie too. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. My cat Thor made an appearance earlier creeping through in the When the Deadbolt Breaks episode, but I became familiar with you guys from When the Deadbolt Breaks. And like I was telling the guys off air, I enjoy this. Like I enjoy both bands because they both hit musical styles I like. But this is so much different and so much lighter. It's just fun, like more of a rocking type vibe. Aaron and Rob, what's the difference do you feel between playing in the two bands? Well, for me, it's a pretty dramatic difference because I play drums in Deadbolt and I play bass in Buzzard Canyon. So it's a completely different mindset. When Buzzard Canyon first started, you know, Deadbolt had been going on for quite a while. And I wanted to do something more straightforward, more just straight up rock and roll based like early motorhead or you know thin lizzie something that not to recreate the wheel you know but just something that's more upbeat fun straightforward you know and that's kind of when buzzard canyon i think at the time it was thunderhoof was called but that's kind of when that was born and you know 
it's it's evolved quite a bit since that point. I mean, that was a I had I've Thunderhook demos where we're doing some of the Buzzard Canyon songs and it just sound completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's a different mindset. It, it's a lot more of like a I want to say a party atmosphere, but there's a lot more positivity to it, maybe, in a way. Yeah, because it definitely feels like a lighter style of music. What kind of gear do you use for this band? Aaron, do you, do you use the same gear you use in Deadbolt? A little different? I imagine a lot less effects or just different effects. D- just different. I have a different pedal board set up for... I u- use the same amp, but I use a different style of distortion versus fuzz for Buzzard Canyon and definitely less effects because it's more of a straight ahead kind of approach. Oh, and the the key thing too, Deadbolt, you know, as an observer and a fan, uh, the tuning difference is pretty significant. Very different. Yeah, Deadbolt tunes drop A and then Buzzard Canyon is pretty much C standard. We drop a couple of songs but for the most part it's C standard. Nice. Now, Rob, what do you use for gear for, because obviously you're on bass on this band. Yeah. Is there a particular setup you go to? Yeah, I use Ibanez Sound Gear basses and then I use a, a Fender Bassman 500 head, push the front end with a dark glass B3K. And I usually run those through a 215, either a Mesa 215 or two 15-inch Marshall single cabs. Matt, what do you use for gear? And Mike has just joined us. Oh, great. Hey, Mike. Hey, I use... Good, good. For gear for me, I have a couple of different Ludwig kits I use, but I seem to really use my Vista Light kit a lot. And I have a black and a really nice Black Beauty, a Ludwig uh, hand hammered Black Beauty snare. Yeah, it's the seven inch by 14. And I use pretty heavy, loud crashes and rides. Rob can attest. I use a, yeah, I have one of those old school Z Custom Mega Bell ride. Zildjian, that that's a lot of fun to play, and it's just stuff that cuts through playing it's playing hard favorite. rock. We like to share it. Some obnoxious dino beat hi hats; those are pretty loud. Uh, Mike, what's your preferred gear for this band? I usually use a bigger Marshall cab, usually an Ibanez guitar. Now it does the job? How did, you, how did you guys kind of all form this band? In the beginning, when it was Thunderhoof, it was a completely different lineup, and it just wasn't something that was gonna wasn't really gonna work. There was it just you just have this feeling sometimes, you know, when you're playing with certain certain people, and you just you know it's not gonna go where you want it to go. So it kind of got shelved for a little while. And at the time, we I was talking to Scott from Salt Lake Earth Records, and he's like, "Hey, you know, well, Mike and Matt, you know," and I was like, "Sure, why not?" You know, and at the time, Dumas had had come in on bass, so. It kind of started from that where it was just a, you know, actually in the beginning, it was after Thunderhoof, it was Matt Dumas and myself. It was a three piece kind of right. power, power rock band type thing, you know? So we had really entered, I had gotten introduced to you guys as, as well as Mike. We had had another project we tried to get off the ground and we, I think we might have played one show. We were called Burning Kind and that's how we kind of yeah. all initially met, right? You know, and then once we kind of had some demos done as Buzzer Canyon, you know, I had, I had met Amber at that point, and, you know, she has an amazing, amazing voice. And I was like, you know, I have this idea. So I had her throw some tracks down on some of the stuff that we had already done and presented to the guys. And I was like, what if we kind of do a dual vocal thing and, you know, and have her singing with us? And it just went over really well. So that's kind of how it all began, really. Nice. Now, Amber, had you been in any bands before this, or were you just good at singing? So never had a band, except for, like, you know, maybe my senior year like talent show or whatever just doing a, a, a 
Patty Griffin song with the band. But yeah, I know my my back my background is basically just I was Catholic and I used to sing in the church choir <laughs> and then I had show choir in high school, so singing and dancing. Think about Glee, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I have a very very different background than these guys. So it was very interesting to then you know start singing rock and roll basically. And you know a lot of the times when we go to some of these venues, you know, I get carded at the door like, oh, you know, like you know, the cover charge is ten dollars, and I'm like, um, I'm actually in the band, and they're like, no, you're not, you're just the merch girl, and then I get up on stage, and they're just like, what? What the hell just happened? You know, it's pretty funny. So, yeah, that was one of the things that really sticks out about the band is I like that it's the more fun feel than deadbolt but it's also got that dual vocals that just gives it that different feel yeah and, and her voice i mean the fact that she isn't really familiar or wasn't at the time familiar with a lot of the stuff that we were trying to do like the, the direction where you know the band was heading as far as like motorhead and, and that type of thing that made it even better because she wasn't influenced i don't think by any of that it just was this whole separate kind of feel brought into what we were already doing so it makes it kind of interesting what are your some of your favorite albums of all time that are kind of fit more towards this because we've heard in the deadbolt interview some favorite albums but also mike amber matt any favorite albums of all time and do they influence kind of what you do in this style i've got a ton of different but i mean mostly all rock influences not necessarily adjacent to what the type of buzzard canyon you know style of music i'm sure everything i listen to influences me i'm a big fan of you know anything from the beastie boys right on down to like old school thrash bands and anything in between in music more adjacent to buzzard canyon you know huge queens of the stone age caius fu manchu monster magnet those type bands there's a ton also a big fan of bands like quicksand faith no more listen to that a lot listen to everything a lot really <laughs> yeah it's just kind of enjoying music right yeah because I find sometimes day to day, my favorite albums could change. It's kind of what comes to the forefront at that time or what albums I've been cycling through lately. Yeah, I'm on a 70s kick right now. I've been listening to a lot of old school Deep Purple. So nice. I've had Zeppelin 2 in the CD player for like the last three days. And yeah, I could go on a Zeppelin kick and just listen to an album over and you over. You can't go wrong with it. I personally wouldn't like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't. Get, it would take me a very long time to get sick of it because it's. I just appreciate every nuance of what they've done yeah now mike do you have any favorite albums that stick out for you of all time nothing that really stands out i listen to you know a lot of different stuff you know similar to matt but basically you know everything from classic rock to metal it's all got different types of influence that i can draw from for you know whatever we're doing nice now let's get into the albums the first one hellfire and whiskey what can you tell us about this album well that was kind of like more your your baby and then i came on into it <laughs> so a lot of the songs in that were older you know they're they're from the the thunderhoof period mm -hmm. you know and then we kept kind of recycling until, until kind of until we got it right and that was where you know, we brought Amber into the studio and, and let her kind of go to town on some of those songs. And Yeah, I want to say there was about maybe five songs in the earliest rendition. And, you know, I think they might have been had vocals down. And I was like, all right, well, this is what I hear. So let's do this. Yeah. And then we, we had to add some more songs for the album. So some of bitches on that one, right? Yeah. yeah. So we had to add that mm -hmm. one in. I remember them actually recording the music and I'm sitting in his studio, like writing down lyrics, like furiously. This is what I see. This is what I hear. This is what we're going to do. So a lot of the music has kind of escalated like that, especially for that album. It's like, it was very much 
they wrote most of it. And then I was like, all right, here's my interpretation of what we're going to do for vocal patterns and stuff like that. Yeah. Lots of fun with that album. <laughs> now, the song I chose from this album was Wyoming. What do you guys, any particular stories? Is it a standout track for you? You know, I've always actually kind of wanted to move to Wyoming. I, I spent some time out there traveling cross country, and it's a beautiful, beautiful area. And it's nice, you know, certain parts of it are nice and secluded. So the song kind of loosely came from the idea of, you know, at some point, you're just ready to say, fuck it, and just go and do something different, somewhere different, become somebody different, you know, and that's kind of where that song really kind of came from. But it's a really upbeat, fast-paced song. And, you know, the, the evolution of it has been kind of interesting. And then, you know, what Amber's added to it's been amazing, too. Yeah, so guys, here is Wyoming. Oh, my God. 
coming up next is the new album drunken tales of an underachiever i love the cover on this <laughs> i saw the cover and i'm like i when i get a chance i have to listen to this album big shout out to bill cole for that and he he was the one that did he's pretty much done the all of our album artwork for sure and a couple t-shirt designs but that was our canadian friend from the city of toronto he's a really good guy bill cole shout out to you buddy thanks for that was his kind of concept little little ode to rush there you know once we had most of the record recorded i had talked to him about trying to throw some art to it you know and i was like you know I, I like the green dude buzzy is what we call him you know and I, I like i like the idea of maybe having him be involved in all the different art cover you know album covers that we've got or whatever so it was kind of interesting that he's like he sent it back he's like hey what about this i'm like holy shit that's the 2112 cover with buzzy on it you know so it's kind of kind of rad idea you know so it's cool. This came out recently. Where has it been a long time in production? Did COVID slow it down <laughs> at all? Is it tough being a band during COVID? I didn't ask that during Deadbolt. Yeah. But that's got to present. Has, if COVID lasted for four years, then yes, COVID had something to do with it. <laughs> You know, it took fucking four years to get a record <laughs> recorded. But I mean, it was worth it because at the end of the day, the, the album, I think, is, you know, it, it it took time. But I mean, I think it came out the way it was supposed to come out. You know, yeah. you even um, got like a whole brand new recording system by that point. Too, yeah. So yeah. The process and everything. Yeah. Because yeah. the original when we when we started recording the first record, holy shit, my, my system was 90 percent analog. And it was there. There was just. Too, too many problems so i, I yeah i had con converted everything over to an online program and it just made night and day difference of how easy things were you know so matt thoughts <laughs> i mean on your end i mean you took the engineering helm so i mean that was a big breath of fresh air for you because you were while other people you know on that first record you know they use pro tools whatnot that that type of stuff but they didn't realize that you know you had the old school mackie board and you were just going straight to a hard drive without any kind of you know the definitely limited editing capabilities but we tried to still we i think we got a really good you know still you know the live feel of the band is there the rawness it did take a, a while and you know we just have been kind of rolling with covid as hey if it's safe to play shows we'll do that otherwise we're, we're going to sit out like everybody else. Fortunately, we're all in a position where we don't make our, you know, our living from playing in, in rock bands. So, right. you know, it came out finally. But there, yeah, there were quite a few delays. But a big, big thank you to Jiro and, uh, and Argonauta Records for doing this for us. We were really pleased with how everything came out. And they've been super cool with us. Yeah, Argonauta Records is definitely kind of yeah. the hero of the story for us, you know. Mm -hmm. The timing on the on the recording of the album worked out pretty good for me because when I joined the band, they were still in the process of recording it, so I was able to uh, to be a part of that, which was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. I think there was there was a lot of wine and beer and alcohol involved in <laughs> most of our lyric making and song making. So uh, hence yeah. the title. Yeah, we uh, we yeah. we would spend. Her and I would spend nights where, you know, we'd have the songs written and we didn't have lyrics to it or didn't have a title or anything. And we'd just sit in a studio and just drink and, <laughs> and we would just like go back and forth with paragraphs yeah. of lyrics and shit. And then mm -hmm. we had one night where we spent almost, yeah. We, we, it was a long while, yeah. We, we uh, had a, a trip to Long Island and um, it ended up being kind of a drunken mess <laughs> to say the least so that's kind of where stumbling drunk the stumbling drunk know. came from as far as a song, a song lyrics came from literally almost a step-by-step -step story of, of that particularly afternoon and evening <laughs> nice yeah, now so the first 
Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say so. It's it's funny. Like you know, some of our songs are like drunken debauchery. Other ones are actually like dark and serious and sad. Mm. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of mixed like mixed meanings on all of our songs there. So it's a interesting conglomeration to say the least. First song I chose from this record is "Rough," the opening track. What can you tell us about this? So it's "Roof." Short oh, for... roof. Sorry, I had okay. a feeling that okay. I was going to say it wrong. Short for Rufalin. It's not a very happy song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I mean, if you if you read the lyrics, it's yeah, kind of dark. We'll just leave it at that. And yeah, yeah, just because that's kind of like what still happens in our world, unfortunately. People are still getting roofied. They're still getting taken advantage of. And yeah, so that was what the song was all about. It's just the chaos that's involved with that. Be safe out there, people. <laughs> <laughs> but it has a great groove. And Mike, like, uh, we like to call it Mike CDC. Song. <laughs> so. Yeah, Mike wrote, you wrote yeah. the main riffs today, right? Yeah, he was accidentally, I mean, he uses it, you know, he's playing these big chords to get to check the tone of his guitar. And we made him play it over and over again. Like, that was a great riff. What did you just accidentally play there? And he unknowingly wrote it. <laughs> Sometimes those happy accidents that pop up during yeah. recording, right? We could be stuck. Guys, let's just get to Roof.
right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 